Say this with me, vision. vision. This is our vision weekend. So first of all, if you've been around for a while, it's going to look way different. You're going to hear from Radine and I and then Ben Taves, our, our uh, secretary, not secretary, treasurer of the church and, and so forth and so on. You're going to hear back from me. At the end, you're going to see, an, I think, a very, very amazing, amazing video. So uh, I just need everyone just to calm down. Is that okay? All right. Just <laughs> tell your neighbor right now, chill. There you go. There you go. So we're going to talk about vision. I want to pray and we're going to dive in. They're like, hey, J.O., we're not doing anything. What are we calming down about? Okay. So pray with me as we dive in. Father, thank you for this time and just ask that you would move mightily by the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. to be a people after God's own heart. To be a people after God's own heart. That might be new to someone. That's not new to us. Been around for a long time. That's our motto at Heart of the City Church. I want you to say that with me. You ready? On three. One, two, three. That was an okay try. We're going to do that again, okay? That's a, you know, kind of a foul ball, but you're, 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 at, least, at least you touched the ball, right? Here we go. Let's try it again on three. Let me say it for you one more time. To be a people after God's own heart. Now, give yourself a hand. At least that was, that, was, that was a way better effort. Vision is so important, and we have a vision at Heart of the City Church. We have great dreams, and it's important that you know what the vision and dreams is of Heart of the City Church. I want to read a scripture. It says this in Proverbs 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Can you tell from that one sentence that is it important for you to have a vision? Yeah. It's important for you to have a personal vision. I think a vision for your family, a vision for the church that you're connected in, a vision for the church. And it says this, he that keepeth the law happy is he. Another translation says this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. That revelation there is one of the definitions of revelation is dream. And I tell you what, we're going to share some dreams today. Some of the dreams are maybe a little bit new, but a lot of them have been dreams that we've had from the very conception of the church. And if you aren't able to dream, I'm believing today that your dream maker is going to be once again uh, alive. Because everybody in this room you need to have a purpose. You need to have a, a burning vision. That's what our dream is for you today, is that you have a burning vision inside of you, that you get up in the morning and you're excited about life and what God has uh, for you. Amen. 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 Helen Keller, who she lost her vision and she lost her her, her, her sight because of a bout of meningitis. She said this. She said, the only thing worse then blindness is having sight, but no vision. So you can have sight in here this morning and not have a, a burning purpose or vision in your heart. Heart of the City Church, the heart, it began with a whisper. In 2004, I was praying and I felt like on, in January, the Lord just dropped a scripture in my heart and I, I just immediately knew what it was about. The scripture is Jeremiah 110. It says, see, I have set this day, I've, I've this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. And look at this, 
to build and to plant. And when I heard that, when I, I read that of, of that morning, I, I knew what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, to build and to plant. And I, 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 I took her to Ray Dean and, and she gave me the thumbs up that she really felt like it was our the season for us to church plan. I went to talk to our pastor, Pastor Bob McGregor at City Harvest Church, and, and he was totally behind it. And he challenged us, what city are you going to go to? What, what city? We're city churches, J.O. And me and Radine, I was seeking the Lord one, one morning in, in uh, like the Nampa, Caldwell area, and the Lord dropped a chapter in my heart a verse and really a word. And the, the, the verse is out of Deuteronomy 8, 9. It says, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. I'm talking about when I say the land, it's Coeur d'Alene, y'all. You with me? In which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of their hills you can dig copper. And that word exploded off the page for me. I, I, I said, Radian, would you read this chapter, Deuteronomy? First of all, the whole chapter is amazing. But would you read the, what stands out to you? She said, copper. The rabbinic tradition says that every scripture, every word in scripture has 70 faces and 600,000 definitions. Copper had a face. Copper absolutely had a, a definition. And that copper meant Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for us. And so in 2006, we moved out and planted Heart of the City Church. There are so many things that started with a whisper, I believe, at Heart of the City Church. I want to read a scripture that some of you may be familiar with. It's out of 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. It says, then he said, go out. And stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Can you imagine what that sound would have been like? A, 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 a high wind that would rip the rocks out of a mountain. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice, a whisper. So it was, Elijah heard it, and he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I felt like I want to echo that today. What are you doing here, heart? of the city church, because we're here for a purpose. And as Jonathan said earlier, we're here to be a people after God's own heart, even the name of our church and how we're placed in the middle of the city. And he's called each one of us, we know from the word of God, that he's called each one of us to the work of an evangelist. But that's going to look differently for each one of us. There are so many different giftings and places that you're out in the community that we'll never get to, that you will, that you're ministering to people, that we're all able to share the good news. Come on, we need some good news of Jesus and all that he can do, the joy that he brings and the freedom that he brings. That's what we'll do here as people after God's own heart. 
We're also believing, it's pretty big, but we're believing that God is going to bring a tithe of the city to be part of our family at Heart of the City Church. Do you know what that means? Um, I'll give you the updated population because the population sign is right at the base of our hill. Where we live, we're right outside the city limits. So every time there's a change, we're the first people that get to see it. And so this is hot off the press. There is 44,137 people in Coeur d'Alene. And we're believing God for 4,400 and 10 or 17 odd people, but probably so much more than that. Out of those, um, out of the 44,000 in Coeur d'Alene, 93% of that is Caucasian. And 4% is Hispanic, 2% is other races, and 1% is First Nations. But you know, we're all people of color. And we believe part of the reason Heart of the City Church exists is to bring all nations, all cultures, all people into the house of God. Amen? We are a place where all color, all nations are welcomed. And not only that, but we are, um, we are a church that believes in the full army operating in the household of God. In the city of Coeur d'Alene, there's 21,454 men and 22,683 women. So there is a lot of gifting out there that the body of Christ needs in the female gender. And so we like to create a platform and a place for women to minister in the house of God. One will run a thousand and two will run 10,000. There are two different ways that God ministers in a female and a male form. And we love to see that operating in the house. And it is operating at Heart of the City Church. For example, how many of you ladies went to Deeper Still yesterday? I just heard how, how powerful it was. Why? Because we fight with the whole army. We fight with the whole army. Also, we believe in a church that is for all ages. From the womb to the tomb. <laughs> Nursery, toddlers, junior high, senior high, young adults, 20, 30, 40, 50, you name it, we believe in it. A generation church. Why? Because God wants to touch all people. That's right. And we, we put a lot of emphasis in teens and junior highs and young adults and, 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 and of all ages. Why? God wants to reach all ages in our, in our city, in the surrounding area, a church for all generations, a church that is an Acts 2 church. You may not be familiar with that, but Acts 2, right there is where the New Testament church was birthed. And it wasn't birthed in boring it was birthed in power. It was birthed in signs and wonders. It was birthed with 3,000 people getting saved, filled with the Spirit, baptized in water, which you saw some of today. So we believe in a presence-driven, presence-people, Acts 2, Holy Spirit, power, church. Amen. Why do we, if you're here and you're like, those people, they're kind of different in their worship. Why? Because we believe God dwells in the midst of our worship. He, he inhabits our praises. And, and that's, a, that's, that's how hard of the city church is made. We also believe that it's for the lost, but it's also for the saint. God wants to equip you. He wants to make you armed and dangerous 
fully equipped for the work of God. Ephesians 4.12 says, for the equipping of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How do you get edified? How do you get built up here? How do you get equipped? Well, one way is through heart school. Come go through heart school. Take a class. Take a few classes. Just walking with one another in discipleship, in city group. I, I was at a city group this this. This last Wednesday, Matt and Jimmy uh, lead that group, and it is an amazing group. And Jimmy, uh, Matt just told us what we're going to begin doing. Somebody's going to bring a verse for a while and going to just kind of unfold that verse to our group. Man, that's how you sh iron sharpens iron and how we can grow and mature and be equipped for the things of God. Listen, out of over 44,000 people, out of 138,000 plus people in Kootenai County, how many of those people did Jesus die for? Do, do you really believe that? Yes. Then I think we should do something about that. Yes. Huh? Yes. When's the last time you invited someone to church? I mean, I want to, what I'm trying to get to you is that it's not just a vision for Radine and I. It's not just a vision for 19 people on staff. It's a vision for the church that you would, it would burn within us that we, by the grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ can make a difference in our city. And you know, by the way, we're not a club. There's something that separates us from a club and it's that we're people of faith. Faith separates us from anything else. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. I want to discuss just for a few minutes, and you're going to hear, if you're a guest, don't get offended by this. We're going to talk a lot about numbers today. This is Vision Weekend. It is a very family type of a weekend. But I want you to understand that if you were right now to pass out in the floor, we'd call 911, ambulance would come, and they would begin doing measures on you, and they would take numbers from you. They'd probably check your blood pressure and, and your pulse. And why? Because kind of a, a measurement to see what's going on with you. Well, we do that in the church to some great degree is measurements. And I want to talk about that just for a minute. If you put the slide up, you're going to see the very first slide. This is a slide of weekend attendance. And it's, a, 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 it's, it's from a, a median uh, a, a number. You'll see the, the blue is, from, is 2017 and 18. And you'll see 2016 and 17 is the red line. And you'll kind of see that the line kind of goes up and down. Everybody see that the lines go up and down? Do you know how that could change? Come to church. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine everybody always come to church and, hey, I'm preaching to me too. I'm not here all the time. I'm just kind of having fun. But it is true. It is, a, it is a very big of a fact. So I wanted to present that to you today. If you want to ever take a snapshot or get information from any of this, you can get it later. The next one is a wonderful, beautiful, check this out, over the fiscal year, 688 people. Come on, somebody. Come on. Six, 688 people have either rededicated their life to Jesus or been born again for the very first time. I mean, I tell you what, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, and that's what we're about. Amen. Look at the next one, water baptisms. Like you saw this morning, we've seen 120 people water baptized. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Going down in the tomb of Jesus Christ. 
coming up in the newness of Christ. And then the, the, the next one is those who have been through membership. If you haven't been through the core class, it's at 9.09 in the mornings on Sunday morning, uh, all Sundays except the fifth uh, week. And so you can see that 90 has completed it, 133 started it. There's a few that needs to complete it. But if you haven't been through it, I encourage you to do that. You know, there's a lot of life that happens outside of these corporate services when we come together for the celebration services. We have thriving city groups that are happening all over our community. If you're not involved in one yet, there's a great wall that's got amazing different options to get involved with. We have uh, around 50 city groups and teams that are meeting currently, but we're dreaming big and believing big for this next year that we're gonna double that. We're gonna have another new 50 city groups that are gonna start up. And what that means is that some of you in this room right now are starting to dream big about that gift of God, that passion that's inside of you that would gather people in your home or a coffee shop or somewhere in the city and, and form community, amen? So I just release you to begin to dream about that even as we're speaking, like, what has God put inside of me and how can I gather and influence people in the city, in a city group? As God is speaking to you, if you want to talk with someone about starting a city group, Craig Brown is your man, or you can go to the Connect booth outside and get some more information, but we're really believing that 50 more city groups will happen this year. Something else that we have at Heart of the City Church, now that we have this larger facility, we began to dream bigger, and when we moved into this facility, we built what's called a first responders room. How many of you are aware of our first responders room? Incredible way that we connect with the firefighters, the police officers, those that are protecting and preserving our city. Um, in fact, a couple weeks ago, one of our own people, Bobby Carmody, was set in as the chaplain for the fire department. So there's just beautiful community happening, beautiful relationship. Um, Jonathan and I met with a couple of police officers this last Thursday. Uh, they were given a new grant for a new program in the city, and Heart of the City Church was one of the first places they thought of coming to work with us uh, to see this dream fulfilled in this uh, vision that they have for our city. So that was beautiful. As we were talking with them, we were telling them about some of the things. They're like, what do you have in, in your church? I think some people think Church is like, we come to church, we shut the doors, we pray, and we sing, and then we go home. So I think people are amazed to find out that we have these thriving things happening every night of the week and all throughout the city. So we're telling the police officers about our father's market and our, and our food bank and clothing closet. And one of the officers was so struck, she asked for the information, and she went to our father's market this last Thursday and talked with the director, Mindy Sizemore. So it's really exciting. Um, speaking of father's market, in case you're not aware, it meets every Thursday from 5.30 to 7.30 in that second building out in our parking lot. Uh, they serve over 60 people every week with a hot meal, with food that they can take home, clothing. We even have a tools ministry and all kinds of, it's probably our highest volunteer area, people just loving on the people in our community. One of the other powerful things we have happening at Heart of the City Church is our recovery ministries. Transform meets on Tuesday evening here at the church and Celebrate Recovery meets on Friday. And together with those two groups, they're ministering between 50 and 60 people that are in recovery right now. You're going to only hear little slices and bits of pieces of things that's going on at Heart of the City Church because it would literally take hours. But right now, 
You're going to hear from a gentleman. As a matter of fact, I would love if Ben and Alicia, both of you, would you please stand up for a moment? This is Ben and Alicia Tapes. They are a tremendous blessing, the heart of the city church. I'm going to ask Ben to come up. I, I want to tell you about Ben just for a minute as he walks up. He's been, their family has been here for about nine years. Now, fill me on this. I don't, there's lots of people that volunteers here, and I get it, and thank you. Every week, so many days. I personally don't know anyone that has put in more time and hours than Ben Taves. I just haven't. Through all the meetings, he's an advisor to our eldership. He's in salary meetings, budget meetings. He's as getting prepared for this ongoing. And, and I just so appreciate a person that actually likes numbers because I'm not one of those. <laughs> and I asked him one day, I said, Ben, you really like this or something like that. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> But I want you to do something. Would you put your hands together and let's, let's thank Ben right now. Ben, this has been an ongoing joke. Ben has gotten many raises from us. They just all happen to be zeros. You'll get that later. Well, good morning. So... I love, I love the time when we do these meetings because it's, it's a business meeting, partially, um, and we look back and we say, what has God done? What has God done in our house? What has he done? He's so faithful, and I think that it's a time of building faith, because I remember when we, were, when we first came to Heart of the City Church, um, the church building was like a hallway almost, yeah. and the bathrooms were in the sanctuary. So think about how far God's taken us from there, right? That builds your faith. And we know the church is in the building, but it sure helps to have a nice facility to meet in, doesn't it? Amen? So um, say stewardship. 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 So we're going to talk about stewardship. Uh, stewardship is defined as the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And I think the key word there is entrusted. I think that we're all entrusted with something. And um, I love this scripture, uh, Luke 16.10, the beginning of it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. We've been trusted with little. And frankly, when we say our vision is over 4,000 people, we're, this is little. How many of you want to be faithful with what God's trusted, entrusted to you now, the little, so you can see him move powerfully in your life by entrusting much to you? Amen? Amen. It's a beautiful thing. So when we talk about stewardship, we talk a lot about numbers and money. Money's mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. That's a lot. So God probably has some things for us to learn about money. It's probably all right for us to take some time looking at it. Uh, Numbers is actually one of the books of the Bible. Now, <laughs> you're laughing because you were here last service. It's, one of, it's only one of 66 books. I said 12 last service. 
And you know that that bugs me more than most of it bug, bug you because I really care so much about numbers. And I'm like, I sit down and I go, did I just say 12 books? It, it humbles us. It humbles us. So, um, <laughs> so it's important for us to look at the numbers. How many of you here uh, enjoy looking at graphs and numbers? Raise your hand. Wow, more in 11.11 than any of the other services. Still, you're the minority. I'm just going to warn you that you guys are going to feel like I didn't talk enough about numbers. And the rest of you, you're going to be like, that's a little bit more than penguins about penguins that I wanted to know. So that's all right. God um, brings us all together. We're all different. We all have different things that are interesting to us. And so... Um, but we're going to talk about the numbers a little bit. Uh, first, I want to talk about our stewardship team. I'm not going to have them uh, stand up this time because I've already had them stand up a few times. But we have an amazing stewardship committee. Um, so much wisdom uh, that, that pours into that. It creates a great accountability, and it's a beautiful thing in the house. Um, what I want to go over is the goals that we have that the stewardship committee has. Um, and the number one goal is to accurately account for and allocate the funds that are given to Heart of the City Church. Um, the second is to create a budget that directs the financial resources towards the Heart's top goals. The third is to manage cost to make the most of the money entrusted to us. How many know that we have to be good stewards with how we spend our money? Amen. The fourth is to provide financial planning necessary to accomplish the future vision. The fifth is to clearly and transparently communicate financial information to the congregation throughout the year. So we want to make sure that you feel informed. Um, and as uh, moving in that direction, um, you can actually get a copy of our, uh, it's a simplified income statement and also a balance sheet that's available out at the reception desk. And I'm sure you numbers people that raised your hand, you might be actually, you want to grab one of those. Um, Some other key things that have happened with the Financial Stewardship Committee in the last year, we created a subcommittee that um, makes recommendations on compensation for our staff. The idea is to try to make sure that we have a group that doesn't have a conflict of interests making the recommendations for compensation. That's good stewardship. So uh, we have an amazing team there. It's read, uh, led by Rick Van Zant. He's a CPA, and he actually does the tax returns for multiple uh, churches in our community. So he has a huge amount of insight. God brings the right people into those kind of positions. Uh, Kareen Van Zant also this year became uh, our financial, the person who does the day-to-day -day accounting here at the church. And she is so amazing. She cares about numbers like I do. And she cares about the details. She goes in. I mean, she's so detail-oriented and such a blessing to this house. And I just wanted to point out that she has brought some uh, fresh perspective and some improvements to the area, to the accounting um, of our house. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump right into some uh, numbers and graphs. All right? You guys ready? All right. Here we go. So, we, yeah, we... It's, so the first service that we talked about this, um, I said, you know, let me explain fund-based accounting. And, and people screamed, and, and they were excited. And I, I think they, I'm pretty sure they thought that I said fun accounting. 
fun, it's fund-based accounting. So um, we're going to talk about fund-based accounting. Uh, in fund-based accounting, the, uh, the giving, your giving, is separated into a few different categories. And uh, those categories are unrestricted, restricted, and custodial. So this shows uh, the, the restricted and the unrestricted. Those two comprise our general budget. If you look at it, it's really nice to see that we continually grow. We see consistent growth year to year. Um, that's a huge blessing. I'll tell you that that's your, your faithfulness and your generosity and God working through you and the way that you invest. Here's one of the coolest ways that we can invest. There's lots of different ways you can invest, right? One of the coolest things you can do is to invest in the local church body and to invest into eternity. Because I believe that you're investing in change in your community and in the world. So we also, as, as, as we see generosity, we always want to be looking outward. We always want to be focused outside of the church walls. So the next slide shows what we're trying to do, what we're doing in the community with the finances that you entrust to us. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of different areas. Those are over-the-wall giving. One of the things that, that drew my wife, Alicia, and I to this church body was that it's so outwardly focused. One of the first um, uh, outreaches that we were involved in was the single mom's outreach. And I grew up in a single mom uh, household. I know how important that is. I know how hard life can be and what a blessing that is. Um, but this is us making sure that we overflow into our community, that we show God's love really practically to the people in our community. So managing our expenses is another important part of our overall finances. Um, and this is a pie chart. So you guys, I mean, that doesn't get much better than a nice pie chart. So this is, this is a pie chart of our expenses. This shows, uh, this shows where the money goes. And uh, we use sort of industry standards of what percentages a church our size should be giving to different areas or committing to different areas. And this, this shows that um, in the area of personnel, which is our, our biggest expense, and it's most churches' biggest expense, that we are right in line with our goal of being between 40 and 50% of our um, income being dedicated to personnel. Um, the, other area, the other percentages are right in line with uh, what would be industry standards as well. Now, if you go through and you were to look at the, uh, our total giving, which is $1.528 million, uh, and, then you, and then you look at uh, our total expense, which is $1.214 million, some change, you see that there's a net income of $313,000. So, as, as somebody who likes numbers, I always like to, I look at that 313 and I'm like, that's a lot of income. How many of you is $313,000 a lot of money to you? Yeah, so where did that go, I think is the natural question to ask and I wanna answer that for you. Um, this year we've increased our savings by about $80,000. Some of that savings is for emergencies. It's our emergency savings account, which is important in our personal life and in our church. Some of that is for our building. It's savings that's um, already set aside for building projects or capital improvements. And the last, uh, the, the rest of that, which is the, the balance of that is 38,000, that's used to pay down our mortgage. How cool is it to pay down your mortgage? That's cool, right? Yeah. 
Moving on, uh, the next part would be our assets. So our assets, our property, the amount of money that we've invested into this property, including the land, the original purchase, and the buildings, what we've put into improving it, is 2.9 million. And this is something that's really cool um, to me. I think that it's cool to see how God blesses our faithfulness and our and um, and what where He's brought us, but. The, the market value of this, last year we had a market, market analysis done and um, they estimated that the value of the property was actually 4.3 million. And we figured this year it's probably closer to 5 million and we only owe a little bit less than 1.5 million. That means we have $3.5 million in equity. God's really faithful um, and, and I, I think that uh, the rest of the, the assets, we have assets, 100, about 160,000 in fixed assets. That would be like equipment, like the chairs you're sitting on, uh, different things that help, um, help the church run. And then we have about 186,000 in general savings. Our goal is to have between three and six months of operating expenses in savings um, for emergencies. And to get there, we need to be closer to about 300000 So we'll continue to put uh, money into the, that general savings account to move that direction. The final numbers um, are of our capital expenditures. This goes into the detail of that larger number that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I said about 195,000 in capital expenditures. This is the, where the bulk of that is, is us putting money into the commercial kitchen, about $40,000, the father's market, and uh, additional facility improvements. So most of that is going to leverage what God has given us. We want to be faithful stewards of what God's given us. He's given us three buildings. We went from one building to three buildings. That's a beautiful thing. And so we're improving that and we're going to leverage that to do, to accomplish the work that God's called us to do in this community. Amen. Amen. So Jo's going to come up and uh, talk to us about some of the future vision of where God is taking us. Thank you, hey, would you stand up with me? Everyone say future. future. You, know, you know why we're going to talk about future? You know why we're going to talk about future? Because we're somewhere in the future, and we look much better than we do right now. We're somewhere in the future, and we look much better than we do right now. We're somewhere in the future, and we look much better than we do right now. Oh, give yourself a hand. Come on. You can be seated. That's a, that's a fact right there, that we are somewhere. God has done an amazing thing. You got to remember that Radine and I remember when we were like 12 people. You got to know that there was the first youth church was my son and daughter and their cousins. And so God has done a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, how many know he's not done yet? Somewhat, you know, the old song, he's only just begun. You know, he's done a wonderful thing, but he has amazing things yet for us in the future. I want you to look at Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3 just for a moment. It says this, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision that's what we're hoping to do today. No, it's not on a piece of paper right now, but hopefully it gets upon your heart that you would really walk out of here with a vision when it comes to the local church. 
You may go, you know, J.O., uh, the whole number thing a while ago, you know, you're probably not entrenched in the family yet. Because those things get very interesting when you're entrenched. And our hope is that you get entrenched, you get rooted in to the family, and that you have a burning passion in your heart. Write it out. I pray that it, it be written on your heart as we share it. And make it plain on tablets, that they may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Everything that God has for us, it's not done yet. It's for an appointed time. And it goes on to say, but at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. I believe everything that God's spoken to us, it will surely come, but it will tarry. And that's what it says. It, it said, well, actually it says, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And so we want to talk about that. I want to talk to you a little bit about new vision going forward. In 2020, in a couple of years, it could be earlier, but in a couple of years, we're looking to plant a campus. Say that with me, campus. There's church plants, and then there's campus plants. And a campus plant is this, one church with many locations. Dream with me. Everyone say dream. Dream with me just for a minute. Imagine one church with multiple locations. What if we had a church campus up north near Sandpoint? What if we had a campus in the Boise area or Lewiston area? What if we had a church plant over in the Valley or Liberty Lake? Or let me tell you what our plan is for our very first church campus. What if we have a, what if we have a campus? I said plant a while ago. Don't get those confused. I don't mean to confuse you. Everyone say campus. One church with many campuses. In 2020, we hope to plant our first campus downtown Coeur d'Alene. Why, J.O.? Because we so are passionate to reach our Jerusalem. We want to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria to the ends of the world. And, I, and we're doing a little bit of all that, but we're so passionate about Coeur d'Alene. So on the south side of I-90, we want to church, we want to put a campus there that we can impact those that live downtown, the businesses there, NIC. And we have our first campus pastors that we're going to be sending out of here to do that. That's Craig and Jess Brown. If, if you guys would stand up. Why 2020? This campus is going to look different than any probably campus you've ever seen. If it was a typical uh, campus, we probably would do it much earlier. But this campus is going to be, just picture this with me for a moment. All through the week, it's going to be hopefully the hottest coffee shop in town. So it's a coffee shop that holds 250 to 300 people. It's going to be bridges. Say that with me, bridges. So a coffee shop through the week, bridges. But over the weekend, first of all, it's always the church, heart of the city church campus. But it's also going to be this thing called bridges because it's going to bridge. 
Bridge what, J.O.? Bridge relationships. So people that come into their Monday through Saturday, their bridge, the, the, the folks working there is going to bridge relationship with those who's coming in for coffee. Listen. Then there's going to be bridges that's made between the people who are coming. Then, ch check this out, where we buy the coffee from, right now we're buying it through New Covenant. I think it may have a different name, but New, New Covenant from Ethiopia. So imagine this, we have a real bridge, a real relationship with farmers in another country, all Christian-based that we're pouring money into and impacting their nation by buying their coffee. You following that? Bridges. And then check this out. Hear me on this real good. Then all the profits that come in through bridges, if it's $5 or $500 or $500,000 or if it's $5 trillion, 100% of the profit from bridges goes back into Coeur d'Alene. Yes. Every, every, listen to that. Three or four of you are getting excited. I want you to really sense that. All the profits go back into our city. Why? Because we believe in being a blessing to our city. We believe in serving our city. And ultimate, the ultimate bridge that I talk about today, yes, this bridge and that bridge and over the sea bridge, but the ultimate bridge is this bridge. It's the golden bridge. The bridge, the bridge that bridges will make in order for people to have an eternal relationship with Jesus that will change their life forever. There's not going to be another coffee shop in this whole area unless somebody else does it that's going to be like that, that has that passion and that vision that's going to be drinking coffee and changing lives. Amen. Now, we could do it a little bit earlier. I believe that money follows vision. You do something, but I also believe that Vision can be quickened if somebody wants to get towards that. For example, all of a sudden, you know, you, you know where we're going. We're, we're planning it for 2020. We're already saving as a church for that every month. But because it's a coffee shop, it takes quite a bit more than just a typical church campus. So if somebody wants to get towards that, and all of a sudden, anybody ever heard of Quicken Loans? Well, we don't want a quick and loan, but we could have a quick and vision. And I'm hoping and believing that's going to be the first church campus, and then another church campus, and another church campus, and, another, and then there's one church with many locations. Are you following me? Everyone say bridges. bridges. Everyone say campus. Yes. Amen. That's one vision. The other vision is this. It's a little bit different. Last fall, we felt like we were to do 505 Sunday evening services, the gatherings on the evenings. We've been doing that faithfully. We even put out a survey to see who would want to come, you know, at different times, et cetera, on Sunday. What we have found is that as summer gets closer, the numbers have been going down in Sunday evening. It kind of makes sense, you know, pretty weather, Sunday nights, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just tell you what we have to do as a leadership we have to keep a pulse on all those volunteers. Some of you, you come, you enjoy a gathering. There takes a lot of servants to put on a gathering. So we've decided not to do a 505 gathering. The last one will be tonight. Has it been successful? To some degree. 
The average church in America, uh, my buddy Van Bradeen was telling me, he's a pastor in Spokane, he said between 80 and 125. So we've been somewhat, and it's, it's created all kinds of things. Lay ministers have been brought up, raised up, and released. But we're going to, that tonight will be our last 505. Let me tell you what I find in the culture of America. Most people in America, and it makes sense, they would like to attend a worship service around 9, 10, or 11 on Sunday mornings. Where are you at right now? You follow me? Well, how, how can you do two services at the same time? How can you do two gatherings? Well, one way you can do it is have multiple campuses. You following that? So we're planning on that uh, for 2020. Once again, we could have a quick envision. So we'll, let's see what the Lord does. Amen. I'm going to show you a video in just a minute, but I want to talk to you also about a couple more things. If you'd put up the next, fly, the next slide, I'd appreciate that. The heart creative. After today, everyone say vessels. vessels. Everyone probably knows the vessels community if you've been around at all. It's our worship community. After today, the name of vessels is going to be the heart creative. Goes along with heart of the city church, the heart. I got to tell you something else is going to be happening. At the end of October, listen to this. We're going to put on a, a live, it's going to be the, uh, at the end of October, going to produce a live album right here <laughs> with Heart Creative. And so, how, how cool is that going to be? Just kind of throwing a, you know, people don't even really do CDs anymore, even though I'm old school and I still throw a CD in, you know, but you could have a CD or what have you of the heart creative. And that's going to be just wonderful. And they, you know, they've been on the cutting edge of the uh, all city community worship nights. We've had three of them and Radian and I've got to uh, go to two of them. The one that we missed, we were out of town was actually the one right here, but oh my goodness, it's just been wonderful. So we're super excited about that. Last slide. Then we're going to watch a video. 500. We're believing this year for 500 decisions for Jesus Christ. Now, since January, we've had over 300. And so we're just believing. I hope, I hope, I hope God blows that out of the water. We're believing for 500 water baptisms. That's big. But you know what? The Acts 2 was not a problem. 3,000, 3,000, 3,000. Water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, born again. That's how the New Testament shows. So we're believing for a move of God. Can we, would you believe with me? Come on. We're people of faith. And the last one is the 50, which is city groups like Radine was talking about. I want you to set back. I think you're going to be tremendously blessed by this video that kind of covers a little bit of this last year.
Hi, I'm Erica Carr, and I'm here to talk to you a little bit about missions. And my journey for missions started about a year ago. I've never had a heart for missions, never had a desire, watched other people go, said, awesome, good for you. <laughs> about a year ago, the um, heart trip, the Barnabas trip for Ethiopia was unveiled. And for the first time I saw a video and I thought this might not suck <laughs> if I was to be part of missions. I went to the meeting, filled out the paperwork and lo and behold, I ended up going and my entire world shifted. My whole perspective shifted. Um, what I thought missions was, wasn't actually totally in line with what it actually is. I came back from that trip a changed person. Um, I suddenly had a fire and a focus and a passion to reach the unreached, which was nothing like what I thought it was. Here in the US, I kind of coined a phrase, we have unpreached but not unreached. And when Jesus preaches about reaching the unreached, he means go. I did not have that heart before. And I don't know where God's leading me in missions, but I do know that my perspective has changed, my passion has changed, and I've come to know different missionaries that we have here at Heart of the City. We have them in Mexico and Tajikistan and Honduras and Germany, and we have them spread throughout. They need encouragement, they need to be filled up, they need support. But our vision here at Heart of the City with missions is to support church planters, to support people who um, have taken the go and do piece of missions seriously. We would love to have people partner alongside with us and we're kind of relaunching everything this summer. I'm super excited to see where God has me going in missions. Would love to partner with as many people as possible. And so if it's a tug on your heart at all, come join us. Father's Market is a ministry that caters to some of the more basic needs of our community members who might have certain needs. We have a food pantry, food kitchen or soup kitchen. We have a clothing closet. There's a tools ministry, which is kind of cool. We meet people on a real basic level because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We serve the community in that way and we've just been growing ever since the doors opened and there's plenty of room for more growth. I love Father's Market. I came here because I have food service industry experience and I came to serve other people and what I found out is I was much more Martha than Mary. God is helping me just throw my heart in with my hands and my feet and just serve these people and love on these people. It's not about the food, it's about the people. He's changed me as much as he's using me to change other people and to serve other people. And my vision for this ministry, um, I love my Father's Market family so much and uh, my vision is I want people to come here and feel like they're home. People know their name, people will love on them, and just serve their needs all for God's glory. My name is Daniel, ministry leader over Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a program for hurts, habits, and hangups. What this looked like for me was drug addiction, alcohol addiction, abandonment, many forms of abuse, jails, and prison. In Celebrate Recovery and Through Christ, I've been set free and healed from all of this. And I've seen many people healed and um, set free from their addictions and habits and hurts. And I believe that Christ and Celebrate Recovery could help you too. So it was one year ago today that I walked into the Single Moms Outreach alone and scared overwhelmed with life and I found a home at Heart of the City Church and I am flourishing planted in the courts 
of the Lord. Hi, my name is Simona, and this will be my third year at the um, Single Moms event. One of the first times I came to the heart of the city was for the Single Moms event, and it was such a special time. I was going through some really difficult things in my life, some very traumatic things, and I was riddled with anxiety, and I just had so much fear that was just enveloping my life. Coming to Heart of the City has been life-changing for me. I'm Deborah, and I'm part of a group called Moms Connect. And I'm Kelly, same group. <laughs> Moms Connect is um, just a group we meet every Tuesday, and it's for moms of all ages and stages. The impact that it's had on me is I was really lonely. It showed up on my Facebook scroll that they were having a brunch, and so I decided to step out and adventure here. I loved it. Over this year, I have met so many women. I feel like I belong. We call it our tribe. It really, really is, because we just love and support each other and pray for each other. I'm a mom of four, and this is the smallest one. I just moved to Coeur d'Alene back in September, and I just prayed and prayed and prayed that when I got here that I would find a mom's group because I didn't know anybody, and I just really needed that, that support. And I came to Heart of the City on Sunday, and the news was on Tuesday that they were starting Moms Connect, and I was like, God is good. It's just been a huge blessing um, for me and my family and my kiddos. It's just been amazing here at Heart of the City.